and take our text this morning again from the book of Luke. We'll read just two verses, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. It said, in the same country, shepherds, there were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I'm sure we would all agree that there probably, the way we know, there was no event in human history that impacted the world like the birth of Christ. We'd say maybe the death and resurrection of Christ are on the same level, but they all kind of uh, dovetail together. But truly, this was the greatest event to ever occur. Again, it changed the course of, for all humanity, really. Uh, hope came. Man could be reconciled to God. God the Creator became human, wrapped Himself in human flesh came down among us. It was a a tremendous, huge occurrence. You know, this birth announcement was no average birth announcement. Of course, I know for a parent, every parent thinks their child, their birth announcement is the most important thing going on at the time. That's normal. But really, this uh, nothing compared to this birth announcement, this was really uh, a tremendous thing that happened here. As I've read this account, I wonder why would the angels first make this announcement to a bunch of, of lowly shepherds? Something so momentous and important. You know, God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't do anything randomly. Everything God does is thought out, orchestrated, and ordained, and divinely inspired. There was a reason why God chose this group of lowly shepherds to uh, have the angel make this announcement to. You know, shepherds in Christ's day weren't really held in very high regard or high esteem. They were humble and lowly. Oftentimes they were very marginalized in society. Not a lot of people paid many, much attention to them at all. They were pretty insignificant. They say that shepherding was one of those jobs that a lot of people needed, but nobody really wanted to do. Imagine it might be kind of like being in sanitation or something like that. I appreciate the fact that there's people willing to do those jobs, and they're important, but it's not something that a lot of people really uh, wanted to do. They weren't important politically, socially, or economically. Really, they were overlooked. They were humble and lowly, but God, I believe, was giving us a message here. It was because of that humility and that lowliness that they were some of the first, they were the first actually to receive the news of Christ's birth. 
You know, our spiritual standing is far more important to the Lord than our social standing. You know, it was their humility and their humble standing in life that placed them in close proximity to where Christ was. It says there were in the same country shepherds. They weren't in some ivory palace or some king's courts. The distance to finding the Lord is much shorter and easier to those who are humble. The road is much shorter and easier for those who are humble. Uh, the Bible tells us, God's Word tells us, uh, the Lord gives grace unto the humble. It says He resists the proud. He exalts the humble. It tells us that the Lord draws nigh or near to those that are of a broken or a contrite or a humble spirit. So we see it's that humility uh, that allowed them to be the first to receive the news. Verse 10 says, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, of great joy which shall be to all people. The angels made it personal. They said, I bring you good news. And then they brought it out and said, It's for all people. And I thought, what? better way for God to demonstrate that love than to start at the very bottom. That's what He did. He called after these humble, lowly shepherds. There's a reason why the announcement wasn't made to the priests and the scribes. You know, as we read uh, in the Word of God later, we realize there were no spiritual condition to receive the Lord. You know, you can be too big for God, but you can never be too small. You know, the Lord doesn't choose the poor because of their poverty, nor does He reject the rich because of their wealth. There's no virtue in being poor. There's no sin in being rich, but there's great virtue in being poor in spirit. God's Word says that the poor in spirit shall see the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And uh, certainly these shepherds, they were poor, they were lowly, they were under no illusions to who they were. You know, the Lord chooses the ones that will respond to Him. The Bible tells us many are called, but few are chosen. They were willing to respond. And we read that there. We look at the attitude of the shepherds. It says when all this was re- revealed, they were, they were quick to respond. Verse 15 and 16, it says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see the thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They were quick to respond. They came with haste. There's a lesson there for us. When the Lord reveals Himself to us, when the Lord calls after our hearts, we want to be quick to respond. Genesis 6.3 says, My spirit won't always strive with man. You see so many accounts in God's Word of those that put off what should have been taken care of immediately. I think of the account of Felix as Paul appeared before him and he preached of righteousness and judgment to come. It says, Felix trembled. But he told Paul, come and at a more convenient season, I'll call for thee. We don't see of any other time when Felix had an opportunity to answer that call on his life. King Agrippa, same thing. When Paul appeared and uh, gave him his testimony, King Agrippa said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. 
But again, we don't have any indication in Scripture that they ever responded. So when God reveals Himself to us, when He calls after our hearts, we want to be quick to respond. How we respond is equally important. You know, they responded quickly and they were willing to come as they were. It takes humility. It takes honesty to come to the Lord just like you are. You ever been embarrassed and you thought maybe you didn't want anybody to see you in a particular way or uh, maybe you had an occurrence or something? I remember many years ago, I got a very bad haircut. And I think it was very bad. I couldn't really tell. There wasn't much of it left when they were done. But I remember looking in the mirror thinking, I can't let anybody see me like this. I was ashamed and embarrassed. I had to go to work the next day. I was able to wear a baseball cap at the time. But I remember thinking, I can't let the saints see me like this. So that was one weekend. I'll be honest, my wife and I skipped town. We went to the beach that weekend. It wasn't a planned vacation. But even after a week in hiding, fortunately my hair grew back fairly quickly, but it was embarrassing. But you know, when we come to the Lord... Uh, we don't have to be embarrassed. God knows us. He sees us just like we are. You know, when God bids us to come, we come like we are. The shepherds, they uh, made haste. They left immediately. You know, we don't clean ourselves up before we come to the Lord. We come as we are. The Lord takes care of cleaning us up. The Lord takes care of making us presentable. But they came with haste. They came just as they were. We want to do the same. You know, when you come to the Lord with the right spirit and the right attitude, you'll receive from the Lord. We see that. Verse 20, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You know, they left the Lord's presence with something more than when they came. And when you come to the Lord with the right attitude and in the right spirit, you'll leave a different person. So they went and they praised God. They glorified God for all they'd seen and done. You know, when you come in contact with the living God, when Jesus Christ becomes your personal Savior, you'll be changed. You can't help but leave different and amazed. You know, I thought of a testimony by a man... They referred to his brother Charlie. He wasn't always known as Brother Charlie. For many years of his life, he was referred to as Drunken Charlie. Told about how he was born in the country of Norway and he was brought up in a very wealthy home and he had all the privileges and all the perks in society. He said he had a perfect opportunity to be a success in life, but he squandered it all away. At 16, he was an alcoholic. At age 21, he had, uh, was a, a hardened criminal by that point, and he brought so much shame and remorse to his family that one day he decided to leave his wife and his kids and his family behind and come to America. Well, things didn't get any better when he was here. In and out of prisons, joined the army, deserted the army. Uh, nothing seemed to help him, and he was bound by alcohol. But listen to his story said, I was nearly 50 years old when I heard about Jesus. 
barefooted without a shirt on my back in the gutter, getting my food out of the garbage cans, lower than the beasts had ever become, my eyes bloodshot, my face bloated, said I was kicked out of a saloon, and after that, after having had my shirt and my shoes taken from me for whiskey and cocaine, he was so bound and addicted that he gambled away his shirt and his shoes, trying to get enough money to feed his habits. Well, he went on to say, not many, not many men find their way to a street meeting as I did. A 250-pound saloon keeper kicked me through the door, and I landed on the muddy sidewalk. Says as the crowd was jeering and mocking, he said he heard a sound. He said it was like he was kicked out of hell right in the arms of Jesus because he found himself right in the middle of a street meeting. Suddenly, this message he heard, people singing, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. That was the first time he'd ever heard that message. Fifty years old, an old drunk on the street. He said, hope sprang up in his heart. He thought, is it possible that Jesus could save someone like me? He went and he heard them testify. He heard about people stand on feet and tell how God had delivered them from alcohol and all kinds of horrible habits, how God had saved them and cleaned them up and given them the victory. He said he heard testimonies of redeemed men and women telling of God's power to break every fetter and to set them free, to give them victory. Well, he heard the message for the first time, but he did more than just hear it. He didn't just wonder about it. He said he went down to their uh, meeting hall there and he came in and he heard uh, more testimonies in the Word of God. He says when the altar call was given, he said they didn't have to drag me down to that altar. He said I rushed there as fast as I could get there. He said I hadn't, prayed a, hadn't cried a tear in many years, but that night I cried and I prayed from the bottom of my heart. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, just save me. He said instantly, instantly, the power of God came down, transformed his life. He says, the burdens of years of sin rolled off of his back in a moment of time. That old alcohol addiction, he said he realized it was completely gone. That next morning, he woke up, still homeless, not a nickel in his pocket, but he said, I had Jesus in my heart. He said, one place I knew I wasn't going was the old saloon. He said he started out at 5 o'clock in the morning, he was in San Francisco at the time, and he said he walked right by the old tavern and down to the end of the dock where he used to uh, talk to the, the longshoremen and the captains there. And he realized that he walked past that tavern without even a temptation to go in. He said by the time he reached the end of that wharf, he dropped to his knees. He started praising the Lord, started sharing to those captains and those uh, longshoremen there about what Jesus had done for him. He couldn't help but proclaim the message of what he'd seen and heard. That same day, he went up the street and met the policeman that he had so much trouble with. The man said, where have you been? He told him, I've been to church and the Lord saved me and delivered me. That policeman had tears in his eyes. He never had another problem with the police after that. Later, he and his wife were reunited after 10 years. Lord saved her, brought him to the land of Norway where he was born. And for many years, he served the Lord there. Someone once commented, they knew him before and after. And they said, Charlie doesn't look like an old tramp. He looks like a banker. God had converted him, changed him completely, transformed his life. He'd heard the word of the Lord. He'd heard the proclamation and he checked it out for himself. He went to sea and he returned glorifying 
and praising God for what he had seen and what he had heard. You know, that is the Christmas message. Jesus came to seek and to save those that were lost. That same message that was proclaimed to those shepherds. Unto you is born a Savior, Jesus. The same message that was proclaimed to uh, Brother Charlie is the same message that's being proclaimed today. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. That's why the Lord came. He came to be that sacrifice for sins, to give his life on that cross, to pay that penalty for our sins. Aren't you thankful for that? You know, Jesus came the first time. We know that. History has proven that. The Word of God promised it. It was fulfilled just as he said it would be. Well, you know what? Jesus is coming again. Just as he said. Just as he promised. There are some similarities to when he came the first time and the second time. It said, as the shepherds were out there, it said, suddenly the angels appeared to them. Well, you know what? When the Lord returns again, it's going to be sudden. With a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. It says, at that moment, the dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord forever in the air. That's for those who are ready. Those who've done more than just hear the message. Those who've investigated it, checked it out, and uh, applied it to their own lives. Jesus saves. That's the message of the gospel. That's the whole reason we celebrate Christmas. You know, there's something the angels were doing right before the angels appeared. It says they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. You know, when the Lord returns, we want to be keeping watch. We want to be watchful. We want to be looking for the Lord's return. The Word of God says that He's coming for those who love His appearing, those who are looking for His appearing. You can be ready for that day. It could be at any moment. We know the Word of God has given us all kinds of prophecies and signs to look for just before His return. I believe we're at the very threshold of the Lord's return, even today. God could come. The Lord could come at Christmas time. What better time for the Lord to come? You can be ready for that day. You know, the greatest gift you'll ever receive is the knowledge of having your sins forgiven, having peace between God and your fellow man. The Lord can give you that gift. The greatest thing you can give is to give your life. As broken and messed up as you may think it is, you surrender those things uh, to the Lord on an altar of prayer. Drop to your knees where you are. Just give the Lord your life. Humble yourself. Come as you are, and you'll leave a different person today. God bless you. The song is 482. These altars are open.